Welcome to this act of worship from Seal Church, led by me, Canon Anne Labar. Our thanks today go to Sally and Paul Thompson for our readings and to the choristers of St Martin in the Fields for our hymns. Grace, mercy and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. During this season of Christmas tide, we're reminded that Christ is the light of the world, the light that shines in the darkness, and no darkness could overcome it. And so we have confidence to bring to God the darkness in ourselves, 
the things which we regret or feel ashamed of, knowing that God always loves and will forgive us. The Bible says the Son of Righteousness has dawned with healing in his wings, and so let us come to the light of Christ, confessing our sins in penitence and faith, saying together, Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, whose Son revealed in signs and miracles the wonder of your saving presence, Renew your people with your heavenly grace, and in all our weakness sustain us by your mighty power. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. From the book of Genesis. After his return from the defeat of Chedorlaomer and the kings who were with him, the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Shaveh that is, the king's valley. And king Melchizedek of Salem brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God Most High. He blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham by God Most High, maker of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abraham gave him one-tenth of everything. This is the word of the Lord. Our psalm today is Psalm 128. Happy are they all who fear the Lord and who follow in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of your labour. Happiness and prosperity shall be yours. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine within your house, your children like olive shoots round about your table. Whoever fears the Lord shall thus indeed be blessed. The Lord bless you from Zion. And may you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of our life. May you live to see your children's children, and may peace be upon Israel. A reading from the Gospel according to John. On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now, standing there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding twenty or thirty gallons. Jesus said to them, Fill the jars with water and they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, Now draw some out, and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. 
When the steward tasted the water that had become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk, but you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs, in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. In the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Last Monday, the third Monday in January, was supposedly Blue Monday. It's alleged to be the most depressing day in the year. Christmas is a dim memory, the days are still very short and the weather is often grim. I read somewhere that Blue Monday was actually invented by travel agents to persuade people to book their summer holidays. In a normal year, that might work as a strategy, but of course this year isn't a normal year. This year there's Covid to contend with too. Getting away from it all would be great, but we can't, and we don't know when we'll be able to. A fortnight in the sun, or even a decent day out, seems like a distant dream right now. Feeling blue, and worse than that, is quite understandable. Infection and death rates are still very high. NHS and social care staff are being pushed to the limit and beyond it. Essential workers in retail and elsewhere are receiving abuse from customers fed up with restrictions. School staff are stretched and many parents homeschooling children while trying to work from home themselves are at their wits end. Our local care home, Lavender Fields, has been badly hit by this wave of Covid, despite all the care their hard-working and dedicated staff have taken. If you're listening to this, Lavender Fields, as residents, family members or a member of staff, you're much in our prayers at the moment. Of course, the rollout of the vaccine is good news. My heart is lifted every time a parishioner tells me they've had it. But the road out of this pandemic is going to be a long one and it's leaving many scars, physical, emotional, financial and spiritual too. Many people feel they've dug down deep into themselves already and have reached the end of their own resources. They're running on empty. So today's gospel story couldn't be more fitting Jesus, his mother and his disciples have been invited to a wedding at Cana in Galilee. They're just guests. They have no formal responsibility for it. When Mary tells Jesus that the wine is running out, he might sound quite dismissive to us. That's not our business, he says. Apparently, in Jesus' native tongue, Aramaic, it's not nearly as abrupt as it sounds in English. He's just stating the obvious. Providing wine isn't their job. In fact, wading in and trying to sort out this problem might even seem rude, an implied criticism of the hosts, drawing attention to their shortcomings. But Mary knows her son. He won't ignore people in trouble. It's not in his nature. If there's a need he can meet, then he will. It's not just about the wine. It's about the shame the host family will suffer in the eyes of their neighbours. They'll never live this down. And what does it say about their hopes for this marriage, their confidence in it, 
if there's not enough wine to go around for a proper celebration. Do whatever he tells you, Mary says to the servants, and they seem to trust her. When he tells them to fill the huge stone jars nearby with water and draw off some to take to the steward, that's exactly what they do. We aren't told what they think about it, but they have to be aware that they're the ones who'll get it in the neck if they suggest to their boss that they start serving water. What kind of joke is this? They do it anyway, though, and somewhere between drawing the water out of the jars and pouring it into the steward's cup for him to taste, they find that it's turned into wine. And not just any wine, but the best wine, rich wine, wine that will make glad the hearts of those who drink it and make this party famous as the best wedding ever. Neither the bridegroom nor the steward had a clue how this had happened. But there's a lovely little detail in brackets in the story which says that the servants who had drawn the water knew. The ones who did the work, the ones who took the risk, the ones who trusted this strange wedding guest enough to take him at his word. They dared to believe that there might be more to life and more to Jesus than met the eye that there could be hope even when everything looked hopeless, wine where there had only been water. And as a result, a miracle happened. Of course, it isn't really about the wine, however handy it would be if we could all replenish our stocks from the water tap, and it's certainly not an invitation to get blind drunk. This is a story about the joy and generosity and, most of all, hope that God offers to us. His promise that he'll graciously provide what we need, even if we don't know where it comes from. Like that gift of bread and wine given to Abraham by the mysterious King Melchizedek in the Old Testament reading, who appears from nowhere with his gifts. God is in the business of giving us what we never dared to expect and know we could never find for ourselves. But sometimes, like those at the wedding in Cana, Hope and joy feel as if they're in short supply. What are we to do then? Where are we to find these gifts of God? How are we to receive them? Perhaps Mary's words to the servants are words for us too. Do whatever he tells you, she says. We can't turn water into wine. We can't find the strength we need at times like this when life feels beyond us but we can do whatever he tells us and leave the rest to him. And what is that? What does Jesus tell us to do? Well, he tells us to love the Lord our God and to love our neighbours as ourselves. First, love God, he says. What might that mean when we've run dry? At its most basic, loving God means telling him what we feel and think how life really is for us, being with him honestly. Sharing who we are is at the heart of every loving relationship and it's no different with God. We don't need to pretend. We can turn to him in prayer, just as Mary does to Jesus, and say, I have no wine. I have no joy, I have no energy, I have no hope at the moment. That's what loving God might look like just now. Then Jesus goes on to tell us to love our neighbour 
and ourselves too. How can we do that? Well, love for others and for ourselves isn't usually shown in grand gestures. It's the small things that count. Filling some jars with water and drawing, drawing it out wasn't rocket science, but it made all the difference. The miracle wouldn't have happened without it. Often all it takes to love others and to love ourselves is everyday kindness. Kindness to those around us and ourselves says that they matter, that we matter, that we're all God's children, loved by him, of worth to him, whatever is happening around us. Even if it's just a thank you to that shop worker worn down by abusive customers, or a word of encouragement to a friend or family member, or taking some time to care for ourselves, it can open us up to God's presence. Do whatever he tells you, says, said Mary, to the servants and to us. Last Monday may have been blue, this Monday may be just as blue, but the good news of this story is that when we're running on empty, God isn't. Sorrow is real, but joy is real too. Despair is real, but so is hope. When all we have is water, the wine of God's love can richly sustain us. Amen. Let us pray. Loving Lord, we come to you just as we are. Refresh us when we are tired. Encourage us when we are down. Comfort us when we are anxious. And when we are empty, fill us by your generous grace. Help us to trust in your love and open our eyes to your glory. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray for all who are working on our behalf to combat coronavirus, for medical staff, emergency services, researchers and all who are organising the testing and vaccination programmes. We pray too for those who must make strategic decisions, for politicians and other leaders, asking for wisdom and courage. We pray for countries where medical care is scarce. We pray that we will find ways of enabling access to health care and to supplies of vaccine, which will be fair and equitable. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray for the wider world and especially for the people of the United States as a new government is formed. We pray for unity and common purpose, for people to listen to one another, for healing of divisions and suspicion. We pray for President Biden and Vice President Harris that they will be upheld by your strength. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray for our own community and especially for our friends in Lavender Fields Care Home, for the residents and their families and for all the staff. We pray at this time of challenge and difficulty that they will know your peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray for all who are ill at this time and for those who care for them. We bring before you any who are on our hearts in a moment of silence.
We pray for those who mourn, especially where mourning is complicated by current restrictions on gathering. We entrust into your keeping all who have died and ask that we might share with them in your eternal and joyful banquet. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. During this season of Christmastide, we remember that Jesus is called Emmanuel, which means God with us. His name reminds us that even though we may be separated from one another, we are united in God, who holds us all in his hands. The Bible says, Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and his name shall be called the Prince of Peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let us pray. God, our Father, your word has come among us in the Holy Child of Bethlehem. May the light of faith illumine our hearts and shine in our words and deeds. Through him who is Christ the Lord. Amen. And now Christ, who by his incarnation gathered into one things earthly and heavenly, fill you with peace and goodwill, and make you to share in the divine nature. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.